This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. A few minutes after 5 o'clock at the official home of Pepe's Llama. <laughs> it needs a wilding <laughs> Pepe's Llama talk. <laughs> he needs to show up tomorrow wearing a wilding t-shirt. Uh, it's time for What You Need to Know, brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Take so, it away, Producer Lizzie. Yeah. Thanks, Christopher. So, Lazy Boy has launched a new marketing platform, Long Live the Lazy, to reclaim the term lazy. The furniture brand has launched the ad campaign that focuses on a new prototype model called the Decliner which is an AI-powered recliner that generates a cancellation excuse via text message when you pull its handle. So basically, if somebody texts you like, hey, you want to go whatever you want to do, go see the llama <laughs> at the fair, it will automatically text that person back and say like, nope, sorry, I'm too busy hanging out in my lazy boy recliner or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's the marketing platform will feature the first look at modernized brand identity, bringing lazy boy in line with an industry-wide trend that sees marketers updating their brands for new and evolving consumers. So they're trying to get younger. There you know? is nothing like a... La- Listen, it may look old school, Yeah. but I have one in my den. There's nothing like a lazy boy recliner. They're very ugly to me. They're, listen, they are not meant to be pretty, but they're so comfortable. <laughs> they are How old is yours? Oh, like two years. I got it like two years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah one of the my old man used to have one. It was great. Yeah. So you pull the handle, you kick your legs up, yeah. you kick back, and it's Oh, you can sleep text. in that thing. You're describing it as though you nobody knows what a lazy boy is. No, no, no. So I'm trying to understand the that, AI that version. when you pull the handle- So let me get this straight. You pull the handle, the right. legs come up, and you lean backwards. Wow. And you and re- wait, recline. And then, and, Precisely. Then, and then a text is sent on your behalf to everybody, thanks, no thanks, I'm no, in my it, lazy boy. Like it replies to the text, correct? Correct. So it's only when- you're sitting in the if, chair. If you connect to it on right. the Bluetooth or whatever. And somebody right. texts you, yes. and then you press the button, and then automatically text them back. It comes up with like, oh my gosh, you, I swear to God, you guys, this is what the excuse text example is in the story. It says, I'm helping the neighbor look for the runaway llama. Fudge, look, that's what <laughs> no. it says. I swear to God, look. <laughs> Pepe's runaway llama? By the way, <laughs> we have another Pepe in the Sedano and Cap cir- Circle of Trust that has tweeted a side-by-side picture of Pepe and Artie Moreno, they do have a striking no, they do. resemblance. Yeah, they do. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. In defense. Me, no, Pepe said that to me last time when we were at that place in Orange. He was like, Copy, I'm not Artie Moreno. You know, like he kind of gave it to me. I'm like, yeah. I didn't think you were Artie Moreno. I thought you were you, Pepe. He's like, no. Do you think that I'm Artie Moreno? Like, I'm like, what do you mean? Jew what? I, I'm the Jewish guy. <laughs> what are you talking on. about, right? Come on, like, I was like, what are you talking about, Pepe? Happy. You got to get a lazy boy. I know Rachel probably won't want you to get one, but Scott, yeah. you can't get a lazy boy. You're already lazy enough. There isn't one chair or anything in You're my a living lazy room. Boy. I don't want to sit in any of those things. They're not comfortable. But that lazy boy in the den, I, I've done everything in that lazy boy. You oh, get what okay. I'm saying? Oh, there we go. Really? All right, that is what you need to know. Brought hey to you now. by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right, Cappy, your Padres are even extra gutless today. Mm-hmm. All right. Your boy Juan Soto mm-hmm. has called out his entire team and said they're gutless. Mm-hmm. He said, we just give up. Mm-hmm. Give up. He said, and I, I kind of loved it. He said, we just give up, period. Next sentence. 
like literally we just give up yeah instead of grinding or pushing we just give up uh you talk about a team that had world series expectations a guy in Juan Soto that was the odds on favorite to be MVP at the beginning of the season right and watch a team just spend hundreds of millions of dollars always criticizing every other organization, the Dodgers, the Yankees. How dare they spend that kind of money? Now they just thought it was as easy as buying a championship. And I'll tell you right now, George, I freaking love it, man. Like, I love a great story of watching a team fall flat on their face. Now, I'll say this. I also love a good redemption story. Season's not over, and every team that's in front of you is on your schedule. So you either will recover and do something, or you're just going to flop. And um, I don't know, for me, I kind of like flopping. You know what I mean? It's just a better story. They're gutless. Totally gutless. wish I could disagree with you. I mean, I wish I was, like, defending them. No, they're not gutless. They are not gutless. They're so good. They're going to still win the World Series. I don't do that. They're gutless. Quitters. They're, the, they're in 11, the 11th spot right now. Quitters. They're five games under 500. Terrible. Awful. You got a chance against Arizona. Ain't yeah. over until it's over. Yeah, I guess. But, but just, you know, the thing is, I was, a buddy of mine calls me today, George, and he's a lifelong Dodger fan, and he's a Dodger hardcore, and he goes, I got to talk to you. I said, tell me, what's going on? He Did was he, like, I want to know if Kershaw was starting today, because he is. Well, and that, by the way, like, we've all been waiting for, like, the official word. Yeah, it happened uh, a few minutes ago, but we were okay. talking about Pepe and his llama. Right, that's true. That was that was entertaining. It was? Uh, glad to hear Kershaw's coming back, though. Yeah. I'm actually curious to see if Walker Bueller really makes it back. Hmm. I mean, to me, if I don't, sudden, I wouldn't want to come back. I wouldn't want to bring him back if I were the Dodgers. I don't want to risk that. Well, but on the other hand... I wouldn't risk it if I were him. But on the other hand, let's just say that everybody's like, wait a second. The Dodgers, they're going to run away. They're going to win the division. They're going to get a first-round bye. And really, when you look around the landscape, you're looking at Atlanta, and you're going, geez, you know what? If Bueller comes back and he can start and give you three, four innings, and we don't just overuse him right away because I don't want to Dustin May the guy, I, I got to put, if I'm the player and if I'm the team, I got to give it real consideration if, if, if we all agree he's healthy. I mean, we were talking to Cam Akers, you and I, it, okay, about let, a week let's ago. Do this. Let's do this. All right, go ahead. You're Walker Bueller. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. You're Walker Bueller. You are this phenom pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. All right? And you have come off Tommy John surgery, okay? Mm-hmm. And you are in a situation where, if I recall correctly, okay, he is set to earn potentially huge dollars here, okay? Because he's got one more arbitration year, all right? And then he's an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take that risk? You're already 28 years old, and this is the second time you've had this. So you're asking me a great question. But you're asking it to the wrong guy, and here's why. Because my answer is yes. See, I understand what you're saying, which is, dude, you're putting your career at risk, and you're putting your mega contract, which is right around the corner, you're putting that at risk. But on the other hand, I'm a team guy, and I'm looking at my team, and I haven't been there all year long, and I got to give it up to my teammates because they've been carrying this team. you are a team guy, but you also love money. Correct, I do. But... But I, I'm a team guy first. You know, the, George, you and I were at Rams training camp. We had Cam Akers on, mm-hmm. right? Remember we talked to him about why would you be willing to come back? 
that you know the Super Bowl season. He's like, dude, I wanted to be out there with my guys. I wanted to contribute. Guy got hurt at the beginning of the year, rehabbed all year long, didn't have to come back, but he wanted to be there with his guys. If I'm Walker Bueller, the reason I'm working the way I'm working is because I want to be there with my guys. Here's another example. How about LeBron James? Remember when LeBron was hurt late in the season and he was rushing, rushing, rushing? He had to go see the LeBron of, of foot doctors? Yes. He was rushing back because well, he saw an Well, but I understand LeBron. He's, he's already older. He's at the end of his career, basically. He's only, you know, probably only going to play a couple more years. He only has a certain amount of time, a very finite amount of time, to capitalize on what he believes to be a championship window. Right, but Walker Bueller may be thinking the same thing. This is a championship window, and if I come back and I'm feeling good, and the doctors give me the clearance, you know what? I'm a fresh Walker Bueller. I could go out there and help this team. I could help us win a World I, Series I, this I just, year. But, but you said yesterday you were worried because you didn't want him to be Dustin May. Well, that's I, there's no doubt about it. That's in the back of my mind. You know, I, I think Dustin May came back too soon last year, and I think that's why Dustin May got hurt again. I'm no doctor. It's just, an, it's just a concept. I mean, you're not a doctor. Really? I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people think I am. I know because I talk about orthopedics the way I do on right. there, and people yeah. just assume mm-hmm. that I know a lot about the body. Right. You know? But I'm not. I'm actually not a medical doctor, wow. people. Okay. So lower your expectations of me. Okay. Okay? Yeah, I, um, I, would, I would not do it. If I were him, I would have to know for sure that coming back now would be no different than if I came back in... February when spring training opened. Okay, seems fair, seems reasonable. But if the answer is you're taking no greater risk today than you then are, that's in February, a different conversation. Then I'm in. Yeah, that's a different. This, conversation. This is a role reversal for us, George. Let's take a second here to breathe a little bit and realize that I'm all about going in and playing because I'm about that guy. And you, on the other hand, have chosen money in this conversation, which well, I because respect. he hasn't gotten his big payday yet. I understand. I do. And he's a pitcher. So if he doesn't have an arm that he can use to throw, then he's kind of bleeped out of luck. And is this his first big injury, his first Tommy John? Do you know that, Walker Bueller? I believe it's his second. I could See, be wrong on and, that. And, and therein lies another issue, which is if this is my second Tommy John surgery, am I getting the mega contract? Because am I, am I going to oh, be yeah, able to yeah, last no, yeah, you, that long? Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't look like it. I don't see it here. Looking for a second Tommy John? Yeah, I don't think so. So it may oh. only be the first one. A lot of these guys come back better, stronger after a Tommy John, it, believe it or not. Yeah. No, I well, no, I believe it. I, I've seen it. So, yeah. It does. I, mean, I had to put in believe it or not because, again, remember, I'm not a doctor. Right. No, I know. So just yeah. giving people who don't want to believe it an option. No, I know. I understand. Or not. He did have two of them. It's his oh, it is one. his second one? There you go. Is it right? is his second one. See? So you, you just don't know. You, you assume the mega contract is right around the corner, but health is is obviously everything now. And whoever signed Yeah, he him, went, uh, let me see. I mean, there's guys in college that'll get it, or like high school even, like preemptively, so they mm-hmm. don't have to get it later on. Really? I don't know anybody who's ever gotten preemptive I've, Tommy John. They have. Remember, it was probably a couple months ago, I did that story about... Um, we were talking about Bryce Harper coming back early and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And there was a, a study that somebody did about younger, like nowadays the younger players, high school and college, before they get to the MLB teams, are getting Tommy John surgery if they're on the fence with like, you know, because it strengthens the tendons. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's a thing. You sound like a doctor. It's a thing. I read all about it. And I was like, what? Who would do that? But then, you know, I guess if you think a lot of these, like the pitchers that throw really fast, a lot of them are going to have to get it at some point anyway. <laughs> 
It's true. It's inevitable, so it's I might true. as well get it now. It's true. Look at look at like the top, the hardest throwing pitchers in baseball. How many of them have had Tommy John surgery? A lot. Four, Four of them. No, you're crazy. Six? I'll look it up, Cap. Eight. Because I was going to say, I don't really Cap, know. Cap, we so can do a whole deep dive on it, it, it someday. It, it, it so let's do a deep dive. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Cappy, let's get some football talk. Yesterday, you and I talked about the disaster that is the Pac-12 and all the realignment stuff. I want to get into some of that. Oh, we never got to the Lakers thing because Pepe left. That's right. So the Lakers, it's been reported their opening night opponent Mm -hmm. has been given to us, uh, which I think actually is interesting in this regard. Now I don't know if they're going to play this team that they're going to play in opening night on Christmas like because I I don't feel like the NBA is going to do that. So I'm starting to try to piece some things together here with the Lakers schedule, which will be announced here shortly. It's the we're like a week or two away from this. So we'll get to all that. Stick around. Football Lakers next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Quarter after five o'clock in the Southland. Sedano and Cap, your Thursday afternoon. It is National Spoil Your Dog Day. It's also National S'mores Day. Ooh, I love good s'mores. And on this day in 1979, Michael Jackson released his legendary fifth solo album. One of the greatest albums ever made. I threw it off there a little bit. Produced by Quincy Jones. Called Off the Wall, Cappy. Yeah, you know yeah, Off the Wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Love the album cover, too, because Michael's in like that black tuxedo with the black bow tie and the white shirt. Yes. He's standing there on the brick wall. He's got the tight afro fro. on it. Yeah, yeah, big old fro. Why are you shaking your head? Old school. And that's the only way tonight. Gonna leave tonight by that phone bed. Uh. And just enjoy yourself. So I think there were five number one songs on this. I think five number one hits. That yeah, might be a little bit much. Yeah. Trying to think. Let's there was this. Look. You're thinking it out, huh? Rock with you. I wanna rock with you all uh, night. Off the wall. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick look. Look at Georgie research. Look at him go. All right. There were three. Off the wall. Okay. 
Number one hits. Singles from Off the Wall. Get on the one, floor. Two, three. Don't stop till you get enough. Don't stop, stop till you get, get enough. enough. Off the Wall. She's out of my life. Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Uh, beep, 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 boop, boop. Let's see. I think it was four. Singles. Four. Uh, working Day and Night. Working Day and Night. That's right. Great song, too. I'm trying to figure it out here. Here's uh, the thing. It, it's, it's not talked about a lot. But Michael's albums without Quincy Jones producing mm-hmm. just wasn't the same. No, it really? was not. Yeah. Like which ones? So when he said, so the first one without Quincy was bad. Yeah, and it and was, that was like it was like that was bad. Michael brought in a lot of the rock stuff and a mm-hmm. lot of guitar solos and wasn't yeah. successful, was it? It, it wasn't was bad. Hugely, first of all, it was hugely successful. It was incredibly Michael successful. Was, Michael was, was on fire. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it so was. So you're saying the quality though? Well, it, it had less R and B sound and soul to it. Mm. Is what I would say. That's what you would say? Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you think? You think Michael and Quincy were having like uh, you know professional differences at that time? Michael wants a little more Eddie Van Halen and well, yes, Quincy's actually, like, That's no. actually exactly what happened. Is that what happened? Yeah. You can learn all about it in the Quincy Jones documentary. But they did Kath. two of the greatest albums ever made. Living crazy, that's the only way. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. So Off the Wall did not get to number one. Oh, it didn't. Nope. The song didn't, you mean? Correct. The the album did, but yeah. not the title track. Uh, neither did She's Out of My Life. Don't Stop I, Till You Get Enough, dude. I literally think it was Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, Rock With You, and uh, she's. it wasn't because on this one it says She's Out Don't of Stop Till You Get Enough, she's and out Rock of my With life You for sure were number one. She's out here. of my... I think she's out of but my Don't Stop Till You Get Enough is the best song. That's the best one. Because you're getting ready to go out on a Saturday night. You're standing there in front of the mirror. you got a towel around yourself. You're looking at yourself. You're putting gel in your hair. You're yeah, shaving. Only you're two. brushing your teeth. Only two number ones. Deodorant. Oh, two, right? And you just start jamming on a Saturday night. You're like, I'm getting ready to go out. And this Get song on the Floor on? is a great song. It wasn't a number one hit. It was an uh, album track, but it was a great song. Don't stop till you get it. Come on. They were all top ten, mm. but not. those are the two number ones according to this that I'm reading here. Annie writes, Dear Casey. That's an inside jam right Dear here. Casey. That's an inside joke for those of you that got it. Uh, all right. Like about 60%, I would say, got it. Well, listen, sometimes 60% is enough to get through life, Cappy. Yes, it is. I, I've heard that. Well, yeah. if the Pac-12 would have did, done 60% of what they were doing previously, they'd be in good shape right now. They'd still have a conference and not four teams. Exactly mm-hmm. right. I mean, this thing that's exactly is a 60%. complete unmitigated disaster like oh your gutty little Padres who are gutless now because they're not, they are no longer gutty. You guys are saying all this stuff about the Padres. Just wait till September. Or I guess October. And what, what happens then? Football season? <laughs> when they clean the clock of the Dodgers again. The Padres aren't even going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. I know, but I just wanted to do it. <laughs> I'm not a Padres fan, so save your DMs. I'm a Dodgers fan. I'm just Dave Roberts. You just don't like Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts. In the meantime, Dave Roberts has broken my heart. Well, no, but here's in the, the meantime, thing. He might be doing his best job this year. He might be doing his best he managing is. job this year. I would year. agree. They're not expected to win this year. Should I wear this hat or should I wear the Dodgers hat tonight? Wear Dodgers hat. Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers hat. But it gets hot. Dodgers Both baseball hat. hats get What's hot. What's wrong with that hat? Then wear that hat. Oh. Wait, wait, no, why why is that hat cooler than the Dodgers hat? Because it's got like it's a mesh golf in the back. Hat. It's a golf yeah. hat. Designed to take the heat. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. They should make baseball hats that are designed to take the heat. I think they do, but they're not. A, I, if I'm going to wear a baseball, it's going to be a real authentic. Yeah. yeah. I'm an authentic kind of guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And designed to take the heat. <laughs> Correct. So, That's what you are, pal. Why are you glaring at me, Laura? Because we're the damn Dodger hat. Oh, yeah. I'll go put it on right now. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Yeah, Cappy, this thing, man, 
Like, I, I just feel like it is such a shame that the leadership in the Pac-12 was so disastrous and so poor that the Conference of Champions, a hundred years in the business, mm-hmm. could not stay in business because they let the Big 12, with a bunch of tiny markets, beat them to the punch when it came to their television rights. And not letting ESPN twice, not once, but twice take over their fledgling network. And then getting duped by USC into not going and getting Texas and Oklahoma before the SEC did, even though it was their idea first. Like, I don't even understand how any of this happens. Like, if you're a real leader, you know what you tell USC? Hey, you know what? You, especially at that time, okay? Because when Texas and Oklahoma decided to go to the SEC, that was just a couple of years ago, okay? Yeah, you're, you're talking about this, and I got to tell you, George, I don't know the details of, of what you're talking about. And I, I, if I don't, I'm going to take a guess that a lot of other people don't. Just, just back up for a second. When you say USC... And you talk about Oklahoma and Texas, which left the Big 12 to go to the SEC. You're telling me something I don't know. What are you saying? Well, we talked about this briefly yesterday, that in the LA Times they reported that prior to Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm. wanting to join the SEC, the, the Pac-12 had thought about, hey, should we add them, right? Should we add them to the Pac-12? And when they proposed it to the president, allegedly, according to the L.A. Times, they said Carol Folt at USC said, nah, I don't want to split the pie any more than we have to. Okay. All right. And then they end up leaving anyway. Mm-hmm. My point is this. If I were the commissioner of the Pac-12 at that time, okay, because this was a number of years ago, right, I would say, hey, you know what, Carol, no offense, but football is driving the bus here. You're our biggest football brand. And if you really think about it, post Pete Carroll, outside of one year you went to the Rose Bowl with Sam Darnold, this is prior to Lincoln Riley arriving, obviously. You haven't really lived up to your end of the bargain here. So you know what? We're going to do what's best for the majority here, and if that means we have to split the pie a little more now to get a bigger deal later and everybody will be happy, then so be it. Did but she, that's what she, real leadership does. But, but did she have, like, did it have to be unanimous and, and her vote stopped this from happening? Because here's my question. See, look, when Texas and Oklahoma took off, um, it, it took, like, some foresight on their behalf to, to jump ship, you know? Especially, by the way, if Texas and Oklahoma were still in the Big 12 today, and they had the commissioner that they have, who we talked about this a little bit yesterday. This guy walks through the door and goes, yo, we're open for business. If they still had Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, the Big 12 would be a lot stronger. Here's my thought, though. USC and UCLA, when they left, they that really, really rocked the Pac-12, obviously. It was trying to stabilize itself. But, George, as, as USC and UCLA left... They're, the Pac-12 conference is trying to negotiate a very lucrative television deal. I ask you, what do you have without USC and UCLA? I, I understand that. You have nothing is, is the point. Well, I wouldn't say nothing. You, have, you still have better markets than the Big 12 had. Okay, but look around. Okay? And the Big 12 got 300 and something million dollars a year. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying look around. Like Seattle... Phoenix, right? I mean, those aren't are, small. That's not Lubbock, Texas. I I completely, and it's also not Morgantown, West Virginia. Correct. You know, but the thing is, is that if you're going back 
um, two generations ago. When I say generation, two generations of, of conference breakdowns, Oklahoma and Texas took off. You're saying today that there was this report that USC's president put the brakes on the notion. Uh, look, according to the LA, LA Times, yeah. they said, quote, Carol shut it down, one source said. She cooled the whole process, another source said. Okay, so look, she was the one that clearly, uh, according to the reports, was voting against this. Um, did it have to be unanimous? I don't, I don't know. know. It doesn't say that right, right I don't now. Know I'm either. trying to figure I, that out. Okay. So here's the thing. But when USC and UCLA left, and the Pac-12 was in the, in the middle, if you will, of trying to negotiate a television deal with whoever that may be. It could have been Apple. It could have been Amazon. It could have been ESPN. It could have been Fox. It doesn't matter. The fact is that anybody who was negotiating on the side of the television broadcaster said, you're not the Pac-12 anymore. You don't have USC and UCLA. Yes, we like Washington. Oh, no, no, and agreed. And they wanted, they wanted, they, look, Cap, I, I get what you're saying. The Pac-12 went into this with being delusional. They came to ESPN and said, we want what the Big Ten's got. And, and ESPN said to them, you're out of your mind because you don't have USC and UCLA. That's a non-starter. Like, right. what are you talking about? Right, right. So, but, but my point is this. What is your point? Real leadership back a few years earlier when they thought, hey, maybe we should add Texas and Oklahoma and Carol Fultz shut it down. That's when you're supposed to put your, your pants on in this relationship as the commissioner of the league and say, Carol, we're going to need to do what's best for the league because you guys have not held up your end of the bargain. If you guys would be still like you were during the Pete Carroll era, we wouldn't be worried about expansion right now. Who was the commissioner back then? It was Klyakov on his in his first year. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. He has proven, at least in my opinion, to not be a great leader. Correct. What, Clearly. Was, that's a, that was another instance of him not being a good leader. Decision one, the one you're bringing up about USC and, and not kind of force-feeding it, but decision two, which is not being positioned to to replace USC and UCLA. And by the way, I don't think they're replaceable, but to at least bring in a couple of teams and go, we've added this guy and this guy. But here's the thing. If you bring in Texas and Oklahoma a few years ago, USC can sit there and, and, and balk at wanting to split the pie. But you have... He, the way you sell that is say, hey, Carol, our, our rights are coming up in a couple years. If we add Texas and Oklahoma, we can go to the table and say we're bringing two marquee brands to the Pac-12. But that didn't happen. Right. So, I, I understand. Again, my point is he's a terrible leader. Right. But, but he had another bite at the apple. The bite at the apple that he had was try and hurry up and get a TV deal together. And, right, and, and, he, and he let he the Big 12 cut in line in and, front of him. And he couldn't get it done. Right. And so that, and so that is why... If he lets... If he doesn't... If he if he beats the Big 12 to the punch, they get the Big 12 deal, which, hey, isn't as good as the Big 10 or the SEC, but it's in line with the ACC, at least. But and you're right there and you're competitive. He still could have done a deal, George. Um, they didn't get it done. And the longer it went on... Oh, the less and less leverage they had, and the companies were lowballing them even further. And teams were making their plans to get out of Correct. it. Correct. When Colorado left, the bottom feeder left. The bottom feeder jumped off the ship. USC and UCLA were the top brands. When Colorado left before... Then it, it was Oregon really over Washington, right? Yeah, it was really so over it, it is truly, it is honest. I'll just say this. College football's changing. College sports are changing. Players can transfer all the time. NIL money. Everything's changed. And you know what? A lot of old school people have taken a long time to, to watch this adjustment. But the, the destruction of great conferences is kind of a sad yeah. thing, really. It, this, so this call took place in 2021. Yeah. 
with t- about Texas and Oklahoma. That mm-hmm. allegedly Carol Folt, the president of USC, according to the LA Times, said, nope, non-starter, not doing it, don't want to split the pie. Wow. Well, the pie was probably a lot smaller back then. You know what I mean? She should have been thinking about expanding the pie. Right. Because, again, a good leader sells you on that. Hey, if we're adding... Texas and Oklahoma are two of the biggest brands in college football. We're adding that to USC? Well, hey, don't just blame the uh, commissioner. Blame the president, too. Like, a good leader starts to to have some foresight to think into the future. Well, I mean, she eventually got got a better deal. Well, and she jumped ship. Right. She got a better deal. So, in essence, she still looks good. Now, well, it, it's it's going to be challenging in other areas besides money, but we'll have to see how that works out. All right, we got to wrap because uh, Laura says we got to wrap. So, Blake is going to join us to talk baseball at 545, as he does every Thursday. Uh, we'll do the Lakers stuff at 6 o'clock. And then uh, we'll do Radio Tinder, award-winning Radio Tinder, next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 5.30 in the Southland Radio Tinder time. You hear this? This is the theme uh, song to the movie Psycho. Oh, it also yeah. plays anytime. Norman. Per- it plays anytime producer Lindsay calls me. <laughs> <laughs> we like to I play a TV too. theme or a movie theme on this day in 1960. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, starring the legendary Anthony Perkins and Janet Leigh, premiered in L.A. Back in the day, that was a horror movie, Jack. You know Jack. what I'm saying? It still is. It's a it classic. It still is. I watch it every have, Halloween with my parents. You have a ringtone that when Lindsay calls your phone, it does this noise? Yes. Yep. You should too, Cappy. How do I do that? If you tell me how to do it, oh, I'll geez. do it. You don't, don't, know, how you don't ring- even know how to set a ringtone. What is this, 2004? I don't know how to set a ringtone. Meanwhile, Radio Tinder Time, you can follow her at Lindsay Baseball on Twitter or Instagram. By the way, on Instagram, the video is up with me with the ruler mm-hmm. to oh, show the 22-inch dog that we'll be watching tomorrow okay. at Yamaha Resort at Casino. Meanwhile, thanks to our sponsor of Radio Tinder, the award-winning Radio Tinder, our folks at Tequila Mandala. Tequila Mandala joined our drive live yesterday on IG. Yeah, they did. Cappy and I. Well, yep. Kirk? Or the brand? The brand. Oh, okay, great. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala, founded in the city of Downey, just like me. Meanwhile, <laughs> take it away, pretty soon. Thanks, Christopher. By the way, um, Funch, you know how we're trying to get Funch to go? He found out that if you complete the 22-inch glizzy challenge, yeah. spectacular, if you complete it and you eat the whole thing in 10 minutes, right, 10 yeah. minutes, you get yes, $300 in free play. Wow. So Funch is like, oh, I'm in now. But that's not like $300 cash. It's three, three, it, you free gotta, play. You, yeah. yeah, you got yeah. to go bet. to the slot. Dude, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you can turn, that, the your money. turn that free play into a lot more than $300. Well, are you going to do it, Funch? Are you going to be out there tomorrow? I, yes, I think I'm going to go. Oh, beautiful. Chris, you know what I'm going to do? On it. What do you As do? soon as I get done with my 11 inches. Yeah. As soon, as soon as I get done with my 11 inches, I'm going I'm going to I'm going to take an athletic greens and then no, run no, to the no. bathroom. No, you're going to explode. Yeah, I'm going to run to the bathroom. You can't do that. Just I'm going to put it in extra and, and take it out. Now you're getting too far. You're going too far with the innuendo here, Kepi. What kind of innuendo? I got to cut you off. What kind, what kind of innuendo right, am so I going to listen with? to this story. This is a good one. You'll like this one. I got to cut you off. I got to cut you off. This is a great story <laughs> that you will enjoy because it's got your friend Rick, you Rick Flair in it. You know what I got to do? I got to cut Woo. you off. I got to cut you off. So Rick Flair. <laughs> <laughs> she did say it with a little extra right, funk gotta, on it, right? got to cut it off. got to cut you off. <laughs> Sometimes, Cappy, we just got to cut you off. got to cut you off. Okay. 
So listen to this because it's a good story, Cap. Ric Flair Where's recently Pepe? joined the Theo Vaughn podcast. He's with the llamas. Woo! Can't believe that the Lazy Boy thing talked about llamas. Okay. Ric Flair recently joined the Theo Vaughn podcast, and he talked about an experience that he had when he was once smoking weed with Mike Tyson, because the two of them, I guess they are uh, in the cannabis industry together. They, they're both in on the Mike Tyson cannabis products. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play this clip, and uh, I'm going to ask you guys a question at the end. So here it goes. It's funny. I got so high with Mike one night. We're partners in, in the cannabis business. Got so high with Mike one night in the Hamptons that I went, it's called a um, a cannabis coma, right? I mean, I actually thought I died. They brought me back to my room. I mean, I wasn't aware of anything. I kept asking people to touch, you know, like you do when you think you've been hurt, and people were squeezing my hand, but I would be talking to them, and they wouldn't talk back to me. And I said to myself, did I die? Have I just died? Because I feel like I did when I was in my coma. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I kind of set up like, I'm alive. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> I called someone on the phone and said, is this really you? <laughs> That's how screwed up I got. <laughs> so, have you ever been so high that you thought you died? <laughs> or anything no, close to that? No, not even close. Okay. So, my friend, asked, she has a weed business, so whatever, legit right, weed business. Right. And they were doing, what like, testing out a new product for her man. And then she had us over. She accidentally, supposedly, like... Had too much. No, she gave us in the food. Oh. Like it got contaminated. Accidentally, huh? I, I don't know. We had a whole situation with that. But anyways, dude, I thought they she wanted to kill me. Like I literally thought- You were like she, hallucinating. Yes. It was yeah. so bad when she was like, well, you don't look good. I'm like, yeah, I just want to go to my car. She's like, I'll walk you. I was like, no, I don't want you to kill me. She goes, <laughs> what the hell? And I was like, where are you hiding the knife? I was so So you were gone. tripping. I was so, I was like, I don't touch that stuff for a reason. Really? I literally thought somebody was trying to kill me. That's wild. Really? I yes. never thought yeah. I was going to die. I never thought like Ric Flair, like I was dead on weed. But I did freak out one night because this is before like edibles were like where you could microdose and you knew what you were doing. Uh, man, I had this like cookie one night and I was at a, a, I think I've told you this before, George, a Shula's Steakhouse in Indianapolis at a Super Bowl. And I was having dinner with these guys and I freaking just lost it. Like, I, I couldn't sit there anymore. I was, like, suffocating. And I had to walk outside to the street. And it seemed like it took, like, 20 miles to get me out front. And mm-hmm. I had to call a buddy of mine. I'm like, yo, man, you got to talk me down. You got to work with me here. So but this was all before, like, you know, you get gummies now. And then they tell you, hey, 10 milligrams. You're like, okay, I like 5 milligrams. I feel good. I, it was a cookie. I didn't know what to do with it. I just ate it. You ate the whole cookie. Not the whole thing. Wow. Not the whole thing, You're but like half the, of it. Yeah, you, you, you got to be careful these days. I know. Well, back, you know, back then, days. yeah, those days. Yeah. Man. George, Take it away, producer. Lindsay. George, did you ever do something no, really crazy? No, I said crazy? no. Yeah, yeah. Like, no. I mean, not like, that, never. You've like, never not. gotten like so messed up where you're just like, oh man, I'm like, you just acted, just wilded out. No, just, just wilded out. Not like bugged out on an edible or anything like that. No. Why? Well, you know, I told the story before. I ended up in the ER once. This is a long yeah, time. Yes, I don't. You know, I I feel like. In those scenarios, it's just relaxing. Like, I've never had, like, one of those... But I wasn't in a place... I didn't know that that was coming. So it's a long story. What happened? I I took a piece... This was way back, like, 11 years ago, when, like, in Orange County, just to go... Even though you had a card, 
to you'd have to like go in the back of a warehouse just to get flour. Right. Yeah. And they gave it's a long story, but I ended up taking a piece of the chocolate bar. Then I went to go hit golf balls, and I kind of forgot about it. And then I had a massive panic attack, and I thought I was I forgot about right. the chocolate. That's what it, it, so it, I thought I was dying. Attacks. So I yeah. went to the ER, and they thought I was dying. Oh, you forgot you had eaten the chocolate because you get so <laughs> spun out. Yeah, yeah. And I've never at that time I had never done anything like that to yeah. mentally trip. It always been flour or you know. Yeah, yeah. Perico. So I was I was all screwed up. Mm. One time when I was like super high and my friends and I were at like a cemetery doing a seance, we were trying to like raise from the dead. Yes. Oh, wait a yes. second. That's wait, why Psycho girl. plays when what? she calls. Hold on a second. You did a seance? Like with a Ouija board? Oh, we used to do no. that all you the time. You could see Lindsay with a Ouija board. You guys are surprised yeah, by yeah, this? Totally. Totally. We did, totally on brand. Track. Yes. Yep, we, yep. we did stuff like this all the time. And in this particular case- Who were you case, trying to talk to? Damn. Well, we went to this really, really, really old cemetery in the city that I grew up in where there's like graves in there from like- you know, 17, 18 Like an old Cleveland athlete or something you were trying to no, resurrect? No, it was in Berea. <laughs> it was in Berea, so I did not grow up in Cleveland. No, he's alive, you dope. No, yeah. but he needs to be resurrected. <laughs> he he definitely amazing. does. He definitely does. Um, but no, I, I grew up in Berea, so it was like this old historical town. And we were in the cemetery, and we were all like, you know, super high, and we were trying to you know, raise somebody from the dead. And we just did one of those typical seances that people do. Hey, Lindsay, based on this story... Yeah, I got. I got to cut you off. Okay, I, I, I got to cut you. You want off. me to move on, Captain? <laughs> where, where are you guys getting this stuff at? Funchy's like, like well, Funch, 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 you should have some this powerful stuff at. No, yeah, we, you should have some before the glizzy tomorrow, Funch. I, I'm totally down. Totally down. All right, what's next? Well, wait, you don't want oh, to finish sorry. my story. Yeah, you, oh, you, I thought you were done. No, I'm, I'm talking about how we had the seance, and my friend started crying, and she was like, yeah, I'm just not comfortable with this. And then a bus, like a, one of those RTA buses drove by, and she was like, the bus is on its side. The bus is on its side. So she totally freaked out. So I have not seen it, but I've, I mean, I haven't done it myself, but I've witnessed it. People freaking out. It's a crazy right. thing. All right, so anyway, next one here. Newly signed Eagles linebacker Miles Jack has revealed Jack. his unique journey from being a football standout to contemplating a career in the trades. UCLA's Mike Miles Jack. Exactly. And he said that after he was cut by the Steelers earlier this offseason, he seriously contemplated the possibility of enrolling in trade school to learn the skills of an electrician or a plumber. Love of that. course, he got a job with the Eagles, so he doesn't have to worry about that. But I wanted to ask you guys what would your job be if you weren't a radio host? I'd probably be an attorney or something. That's boring. It's not that boring, though, because it really just fits. You know, like I you looked at my attorney. Attorney, George. Like, I looked at my attorney when I was just dealing with this whole thing I was just dealing with, and I said to him, I go, dude, I could do what you do right now, no problem. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, and I could probably do what you do, no problem. I'm like, yeah, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Lawyer, radio host, not that far off, I don't think. But see, George would end up like trying to do good so he'd be mm-hmm. like a really great public defender mm-hmm. but i would be the dog. oh no he wouldn't i think he'd go he for the money no, no. He wouldn't be Be- a public because remember defender. he wouldn't be this george be a different george that's true he where tried would to it? do good in miami where would it have he tried started? to be a politician maybe he'd be like a corporate lawyer yeah, I can yeah, see, I could see but that. that's or not like a lot of action. Not a lot of action. No, I need the action. Yeah. Like something in sports, <laughs> like a, an attorney for sports, or maybe, maybe like an agent. Yes, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say. No, I see no like an agent. No, I, don't I see can an see agent. agent. You could totally be on. You bars. don't see an agent. Let I, me explain yeah. something oh, to you. Yeah. 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 Let me explain something to you. Yeah. We're bigger than U.S. Steel. By the way, I've had two agents in my life. Sedano's the best one I've ever had. But I'm not you, saying you couldn't do it. I'm Kathy just saying it would that, be David Kleinfeld from Carlitos. Oh life. yeah, he'd g- yeah. give you up in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'd give I, uh, you up in two seconds. I don't. I don't see you as um, Jerry Maguire. You know what I'm saying? 
I don't see you as Drew Rosenhaus. Jerry Maguire. Um, I, mm, I don't you, see you. I don't you see clearly you, don't know me as well as you think you know. I don't see you if, having. A, I don't uh, see you sucking up to all these guys. Well, I don't see no, it. well, I I mean in regards more to the negotiation. No, no, the negotiation. I could see you being good at. I'm saying I don't see you being a guy who sucks up to a bunch of 21 year old kids. I don't think you have to suck up to. I think you just have to. You have to play the game. No, you have to be do. friendly with them. No, I think yeah. you do. I think you got to mm. suck up. I, I, mm, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll agree to disagree. How about that? Okay. So what would your job be, Cappy? That's a good question. You know, I love the fact that this guy went to trade school. You know, my dad was well, an electrician. He didn't go. He contemplated yeah, it. Yeah, contemplated. My dad was an electrician, and uh, when he came out here uh, to visit recently, I was like, Dad, these lights don't work, and they haven't worked for over a year. And he, he fixed them. And I called an electrician, and I forgot that I called the electrician, and the electrician knocked on my door. And he's like, yo, you got some lights or something you need me to fix? I'm like, oh, damn, those right there. He's like, they seem to work just fine. I'm like, yeah, my dad's an electrician. He fixed them. But I don't he, know. I like, I like that. But he also ran numbers, or maybe he still runs numbers. So how many times did he have to, like, make sure wiring on a car was taken care of? You get what I'm saying? I do. Do I you do. know? So hear quick story, sidebar story yes. about right. that kind of stuff. So um, you clearly know who Mike Breen is, right? Mm-hmm. So Mike Breen is the voice of the NBA. He's been the voice of the NBA for nearly 20 years, okay, on ESPN and ABC. And his dad was a steam fitter. And do you know what that is? Steam fitter? Yes. No, what is it? A steam fitter is like someone who uh, does piping systems, Ah, uh like in construction, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you have to be licensed and brokered to do that stuff or whatever, you know, like, but it's a hard job. So his dad did that for many years. And he talked about like how his first, his first, couple of jobs paid so poorly right in in this business uh before he became a play-by-play person and, and really started to do what he really loved to do that he thought for a second i maybe i just gotta go and be a steel a, a, a steam fitter like my dad mm-hmm. and he was like this he was he asked his dad for the application and his dad said do you really want to do this why don't you just give this one more shot at trying to do what you were dreaming of and he says after that he got he got his first real gig calling games and then he never looked back since. But he literally filled had the application filled out. You know, it was a couple of weeks ago that we were um, down in Orange County and Pepe came by the show and I asked him how shocking did, how did you get to <laughs> right how did you get to like become the Lakers play by play? Well, and he worked in an airline. Right? Yeah, he, I'm he, just pointing out he loves us more than Mason and Ireland. Yes. He, he also texted me and said Lamas follow him. Oh, really? There was a great tweet in the community from Carlos88. Pepe wanted to hang out so bad with Sedano and Cap, he came back with a llama picture excuse. (laughs) It was a real llama picture, though. I reminded him to post it because it is a funny picture. All right, that is uh, it for Radio Tinder each and every day. Brought to you by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small batch premium sippy tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com, and demand the extraordinary with tequila. Mandala. All right, our uh, baseball insider, Blake Harris. Subscribe to his Substack. He's going to join us to talk Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw is back today. We'll get into it next. A few minutes in front of 6 o'clock in the Southland on that afternoon drive on a Thursday afternoon. On this day in 1993, the one and only Babyface released the title track as the lead single from Come on, The yeah. Cool in You. Mm. <laughs> Saucy and smooth, huh, Cappy? Classy, sexy, too. Yeah, we don't talk about that anymore. Mm. Although I still drive uh, the car every once in a while. Yeah, saw it last night. <laughs> <laughs> I got to... Never mind. I'll be at the East Central tonight. After Great the hotel. Yeah, after the Dodger game. Yeah. You want to just go ask for who, Cappy? 
I would ask for Robert Montez. Oh, hold on, Cappy. Here comes the hook. Yeah. You and Rachel ever put on some of this baby-making music? No, not this. No. no. Oh, God. We use a what? different... We'd use a different music. <sighs> you put on the Charlie uh, Daniels band, The Devil and Down to Georgia or something? No, we don't use that either. <laughs> but that's that sounds like a hot one, though. <laughs> that sounds like that'll get her in the mood. All right, let's talk baseball here. Blake Harris. Oh, that's right. Blake's there. Balake. Yes. We're always late to Blake because of our fun and frivolity. Uh, Blake Harris on Twitter, at Blake H. Harris. Subscribe to the man's Substack, doing the Lord's work there. And... Of course, Inside the Ravine is the podcast. So, Blake, Clay Kershaw, back. Are you holding your breath with every pitch? I am holding my breath. Uh, I didn't think we'd actually see him return. I know we've talked about it in previous shows. We didn't know what was happening with his entire injury. I guess Dave said, you know, there's no limits on him tonight, but I, I am a bit concerned. He didn't have a rehab start. He was just throwing the hitters. So, if, if Clayton Kershaw says he's good to go, I believe him. He's good to go. So hopefully he's able to give the Dodgers five innings tonight, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're a little cautious with his pitch count. But it's a funny way of asking the question, George, you know, because think about it. Every time Anthony Davis goes down, we all think that he's not getting back up. Right. Kershaw's back. Um, I'm with Blake here. you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. The one thing we were talking about earlier, though, Blake, was is it conceivable that perhaps in September you might have Kershaw, Urias, who's starting to look like himself again, and could you get Walker Bueller back? If you would have asked me that a week ago, I would have said probably not. But what's transpired over the last few days is just mind blowing to me because it honestly sounded like Walker Bueller, although we knew that he was kind of ramping up, it didn't sound like 2023 was realistic. They were kind of setting their sights on 2024. But yesterday at Chase Field, he threw 15, 20 pitches through to hitters. He was clocked up, I think, to 94 miles an hour. And it sounds like pretty much for the most part, he'll be back with the Dodgers middle endish of September. I know he had a September 1st targeted date. He's not going to meet that. But Walker Buehler is going to be rejoining the Dodgers starter rotation. Now, I, I thought maybe he could come back as a bullpen piece, build him up for one inning. But the Dodgers and Buehler, they, they want to build him up to be a starter again. So, yeah, by the middle of September, you could have Kershaw, Julio, and Buehler all in the Dodgers starting rotation. All right. Bobby Miller, though, looked great. And do, mm-hmm. so you believe he's, like, part of this rotation for real? Like, in the if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, like, you think he's in there? If the playoffs started, to, so if the playoffs started tomorrow, Bobby Miller would be in there just because of, you know, the uncertainty with Bueller. If everything goes according to plan with Bueller, I don't think Bobby Miller is going to be in the starting rotation for an October series just because it does become a four-man rotation in October. And honestly – might even become a three-man rotation. They released the NLDS schedule the other day, and there's like three off days over the course of a five-game series. So I do think the Dodgers could get creative. I know that Dave Roberts did talk about maybe using Walker Bueller as maybe like an opener kind of guy if he's not fully able to get both of them back to five innings. So I don't know. Maybe the Dodgers get crazy in October and you see Walker Bueller open a game and go three innings, and then maybe Bobby Miller piggybacks him. But if everyone's healthy, I think Bobby Miller is going to move to the bullpen 
But that would be an awesome, awesome bullpen addition for the Dodgers if you have a guy throwing 101 coming out for the seventh inning. Well, the, the, the debate George and I were having earlier was, if you're Walker Bueller and this is your second Tommy John, why would you rush back when you know your big money deal hasn't been signed yet? And I said, well, I would want to come back because I would, I would see the opportunity to win a championship this year um, if, if everything went to plan like we just talked about. And George here is like, no, I, I think I got to think about my future and my career. Where are you at, Blake? Yeah, you could easily make the cases for both sides. Personally, I would rather the Dodgers be cautious with Bueller and bring him back in 2024 just because I think that's the smarter long-term picture. But it sounds like for Walker Bueller, he just wants to prove that he can return within a year. He got surgery last August. The, the average recovery time is, I think, 14 to 18 months. So he's going to blow that out of the water. And I think he wants to be back with the guys. He wants to be competing. He's still going to be getting a hefty amount next year. I think he'll be getting probably 10 to $15 million in arbitration. I'm sure he'll get a nice contract when he hits free agency. So at that point, you're going to be getting your millions. And I think he just wants to make it back this year and kind of set, a, set you know an unprecedented mark by being a guy that can undergo Tommy John surgery and come back a little over a year. But uh, I hope the Dodgers, whatever they do with Bueller, I really do hope they're extra cautious because the last thing they need is a Dustin May 2.0 on their hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blake, why are the Padres gutless? <laughs> Isn't that the million-dollar question? I, I, I'm sure you could No, it's more like a $35 million dollar question. <laughs> more like a $200 yeah. million dollar right. question. Yeah, $250 million bucks. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the question. It's it's the guy that's running that team. He he's the one you can blame because you can only do so much with you know the guys on the field. But he's made some questionable moves in regards to that team. They're still in the wild card hunt. I think they're like four four and a half games back. But seeing what's transpiring down there in San Diego, I honestly thought when they knocked off the Dodgers last Saturday, that was going to be the turning point in their season. Why they had like that seven run inning? Why? Well, you know, it was. I mean, but but Blake of the year, and but Blake they turned but, things around. But Blake. Just watch the inning. It wasn't what the Padres did. It's what the Dodgers did. That's true. I mean, the Dodgers had two, like, brutal errors, and the runs that were scored were unearned, and I heard all these Padre fans going, that's the fight, and that's what I wanted to see out of this team. And I'm like, no, that's what the Dodgers just handed them. Yeah, and the interesting thing is when watching that series, my biggest takeaway, obviously the Dodgers won, but... Things were kind of flipped based on what the Dodgers and Padres did last October. When Dodger guys, they were getting base hits, they were getting huge, huge hits. The dugout was going crazy. Guys were showing emotion. Pitchers were showing emotion on the mound. The Dodgers didn't have that last year when they faced the Padres in October. This series, outside of that one inning in San Diego, this was a lifeless Padres team. This wasn't a Padres team that has become the cocky, arrogant team that we're accustomed to. That was kind of the reason they were winning so many games. So, the things are split now, and I don't know, again, if there's a clubhouse issue going on in San Diego. I know there were some Juan Soto comments earlier this morning that were pretty uh, eye-opening there. So whatever the issue is in San Diego, I don't think it's one guy. I think it's multiple guys. But, yeah, you, you got to stop uh, start at the top. When it but you know to what, though? You're but, blaming. but you want to know something? When you look at the Dodgers, okay, and, George, you always talk about how smart Andrew Friedman is. He is smart. And he is. But you know what he does well? is he knows how to build a roster, not just find guys with statistics. When you look at this year and the additions, guys like Peralta or Hayward or bringing up an Altman who's been so good, et cetera. I mean, I could keep on listing names, but my point I'm trying to make is, is that they find the guys that fill gaps, you know, and they find guys that are good for the team. 
not just guys that have stats, and then you throw them all in a clubhouse and you go, okay, we gave you a lot of money, you guys have had good stats, now go in. It's Building a team is not just finding guys with the best stats. It's finding a guy who you didn't really think, like Jason Hayward, was about to make this kind of a comeback, and he has. That's why the Dodgers are a better organization. Yeah, 100%. I mean, a couple weeks ago when you know I brought up the whole Justin Verlander situation, maybe potentially trade for him, I know George said I crossed the line. He was kind of throwing me off and saying that's too much. And I, I agree because a trade like that, sure, it would have been nice to have a guy like Verlander, but the cost would have been so much, whereas now you look at who the Dodgers did pick up, a Lance Lynn, a Joe Kelly, guys that cost absolutely nothing in the farm system, and they're thriving over here. So uh, if George was the GM, he would have made the right call. If I was the GM, uh, I would have made the bad call and uh, gone with the Verlander kind of guy. Well, you know. Should have been your answer, George. I, your I, answer. I kind of uh, view myself as like a uh, Andrew Friedman light. You well, know what you, I mean? Like a diet should've... Andrew Friedman. A diet right, Friedman. Well, what we just talked about with Lindsay Baseball was what job would we have if we weren't radio hosts? Maybe uh, you should have been a general manager. Honestly, yeah. if you, like, I mean, if we're being serious, like, not that I would be the scout, but I feel like I could hire the right scouts. Like, not baseball, basketball for sure. But like, I do. do you, if you're asking me, do I think I could run a front office and be a delegator and know enough to be able to try to make that work? Yeah, there's been guys that literally have come from the P. Like, no, this is not being disrespectful. David Griffin came from the PR room. Oh, dude, there's been a lot of guys. Yeah. Guys who, who were either PR or they were legal counsel for an right. organization. Yeah. And they just they got inside. Right, well, there you go. Maybe that's it. what I'll do in my next life. I'll just right. go run a team. Well, listen, I think the more games you do as a broadcaster, right. it's kind of the way John Lynch just went from broadcaster to general manager to a guy who's you know had a team in an NFC championship Maybe twice. I'll ask Palinka for a job. Well, th- that's not unprecedented either. There you go. You know, what was the guy's name who works for the Clippers? Lee, oh uh, gosh, from he was a writer Axel? from Sports Illustrated. Not Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, no. no. No, no, the Lee guy, Jenkins. Lee, Lee Jenkins, Jenkins from Sports Illustrated, yeah. who was an incredible writer. Yes. Yeah, and then went to work for the Clippers. Yeah. In their front I office. can be their Lee Jenkins. You could. Yeah. Uh, well, Blake, thank you for sticking around for an extra 90 seconds of us, uh, you know, pontificating Doing about our own thing, a job yeah. I will never take, but mm-hmm. or I'll never be offered, rather, not that I wouldn't take. But uh, thank you for stopping by, as always. Hey, every week features 95% Dodger talk, 5% you guys going off the rails while I just sit back and enjoy. So no worries at all, my guys. All right, pal. See you later. There he is, Blake Harris. Follow his work on Twitter, the Substack. Why isn't Blake coming out tomorrow to try the 22 Yeah, he he could easily do the 22. Yeah, do you want to bring him back on? You got him still? Yeah, hold on. Blake, are you going to do the 22-inch hot dog Blake, why are you being gutless? See, I, I learned about this today, 22 inches mm-hmm. in 10 minutes. And, and what I hear, you get $300 credit if you make it happen. You should get your uncle to come, the guy who was with you at the Mandy's. <laughs> yeah, what, from what? Uh, what was the, who did you say he looked like? Ric Flair, I think, is what you said? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, it was the guy from, um, it, was, it? it was Ashley, whatever his name is, from the Kenny Power show. From eastbound and down. That's who he looked like. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to run because Laura's telling us we got to go. I got to catch you off. All right, Blake. Oh, good guy. See you. Thanks for coming back for nothing again. Well, uh, he Blake, didn't really play along. Yeah. Blake I got to catch you off. Subscribe to the man's Substack. He's doing the Lord's work. Inside the Ravine is the podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Blake H. Harris. All right. We're way past the break. Okay. For a minute, we were doing so good on breaks, and then we've just become a disaster again. Oh, no. What's going to happen now? 
I don't know. You're the one that's always saying we need to break on time. Yeah, but you, t- you get too serious. Up about the whole uh, thing. Yeah, we'll be back in a second. You don't want whatever. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 